Hello world, some shocking news coming out today in regards to the earthquake responses in Turkey. In fact, some foreign residents that live in Turkey, maybe you were born in another country, right? Such as Iran or maybe even Pakistan, some other places you happen to live in Turkey, have alleged that despite all of these countries donating money to Turkey, despite all of these people trying to help, many of these people that are in positions of power are segregating and discriminating against foreign residents seeking shelter after the earthquake in Turkey. Now, this is kind of a bombshell thing. This was unexpected by a lot of people, so I don't expect us to be able to hear about this on a lot of the mainstream news sites, but believe me when I say this is official. This is official. And it's really disheartening to hear, in fact. Um, Like I said, I don't read these before I bring them to you guys. We're going to go ahead and go into it. But it's really disheartening to hear. Um, This is just another one of those things where it's like... Human nature can be two things, right? Hate or love. We've all heard that cliche our whole lives. And it seems that in the midst of a tragedy when people could choose love and helping each other some people are still choosing hate let's get into it welcome back to another episode of the dragon horse podcast my name is cameron bivens the dragon horse himself and your lovely host this one is brought to you guys by euronews.com and the title of this article reads no foreigners discrimination against allegations mar turkey quake response man 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 What do you say to that? You know, it's just, it's a bit extreme, man. This was brought March 8, 2023. So let's go ahead and get into it. In the early hours of the morning, excuse me, you guys. In the early hours of the morning, Daria Jelani, who asked that we not use her real name, awoke to the earth shattering beneath her. The earthquake she's referring to, of course. She and some friends, all Iranian asylum seekers came onto the tents and sleepless streets of Mersin, a port city on the southeastern Turkey's Mediterranean coast, eventually finding refuge at an improvised shelter set up for survivors of the devastating earthquake and aftershocks, right? So they woke up to this, saw what's going on, and they're like, look, we got to get to some shelter. Let's see where everybody's going, right? She says, however, they were met with hostility. The group says they were told there was no place for foreigners and kicked out by a security guard. So they allege that they were kicked out of the shelter. That's nuts. That's crazy. While they were eventually allowed in, after complaining to the manager of the center, Jelani and her friends say they were separated from Turkish citizens and put in a different part of the building with other refugees. On the second night, it was the same story. The guard was behaving harshly and refused to let us in, she told Euronews. I decided to camp out in the streets in order to not face the way they treated us again. And they are not alone with that experience, some have said. In March, independent media organization Syria Direct reported Syrians were in some cases being denied aid by state-linked organizations, though the vast majority are receiving help. They cited the case of Bilal Hu after losing 15 of his relatives in the disaster. My 
God, losing 15 of your relatives in such a disaster, an earthquake. Man, 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 rest in peace. After losing 15 of his relatives in the disaster, was expelled from a shelter by five Turkish police officers asking, you want to leave peacefully or do we need to use force? Now, granted, guys, I'm going to say something that's really hard for a lot of people to hear. Okay, I've been overseas a lot. I've been around. In fact, for those that don't know, I am a young black man, 32 years old to be exact. Lived in China for four years. Been to Europe back and forth frequently. And in fact, I've transited through the Middle East multiple times and even Russia once, actually. So I think I have a pretty good handle on what I'm talking about when I say this, right? We have to stop assuming that every place is discrimination free and that every place, despite natural disasters or something occurring where you would think people want to come together, it doesn't mean that they will. It is not a given. And the fact that these people are essentially these people in power because it's not all the people of Turkey, right? So we can't just put them all into one group like a monolith. No, they're not all the same. Nobody's all the same. That's the whole lesson is that nobody's all the same. Stop discriminating against people based on one little thing, right? But the fact that these people in power, these security guards are rejecting these people means somebody told them to do that. That came from the top down. Those were orders, okay? Those were orders, right? Um, there's nothing in it for these security guards to be like, well, I'm going to just reject them just because. Maybe there's one instance where that's going to happen, but it's not going to happen in all of them, okay? And it's a shame that in each society, there has to be a group of people that look down on another group of people for one reason or another to discriminate and divide and conquer. I mean, it's biblical even. It's in the Bible. It's been going on forever. And it's in uh, not just the Bible, but also if you look at old and ancient philosophers, it's the same type of stuff. But this is crazy, you know, especially when this country, Turkey, right, is receiving, rightfully so, is receiving a lot of aid from other countries, the U.S. included. But then you discriminate against citizens of other countries while you're asking for help. You can't have your hand out asking for help with one hand, open palm, and then with the other hand, your offhand, you're punching people in the face, essentially. Um, it's a bit absurd. It's it's disheartening and it's sad, but I'm glad that the people are coming out with their stories and talking about it and reporting it because otherwise the media is going to cover this up. We would have never heard about it. And I'm sure the same thing has happened in Ukraine. I heard about that happening in Ukraine to Senegali uh, refugees or actually really black refugees in general, you know, them being rejected, whereas white refugees they're taking it with open arms and and they just say hey it's okay no worries you know uh you, you would think the world is getting past this point and i know it's getting better because young people are making it better old people are the ones that are still doing this but at the same time it's just not getting better fast enough sometimes it just seems silly to me you know it's real silly man it's real silly solidarity in the ruins that's the, that's the uh, title of the next part of the article you guys let's get into it striking on february 6th the 7.8 magnitude earthquake and series of deadly aftershocks wrecked southeastern turkey and syria home to millions of refugees an estimated 13 million people have been affected across an area two times the size of the netherlands so it's huge man that's huge millions are still displaced and in desperate need of basic assistance 
In the immediate aftermath of the quake that affected 11 provinces, she said a big scarcity of shelter in the disaster zone caused problems. However, the humanitarian worker was not sure if there was a deliberate discrimination against refugees, instead emphasizing economic inequality. Unfortunately, they say, the scale of the disaster, the size of it, right, was very big. Okay, It impacted all sensitive communities, including not only refugees, but women, the poor, people living in rural areas, and the elderly. All injustices and inequalities were dramatically increased because of this earthquake. I disagree with that. I straight up disagree with that. I, I mean, I agree with the fact that, yeah, inequality gets worse when a disaster hits, right? Um, when it rains, it's going to affect someone in a mansion differently than it's going to affect someone who's homeless without a tent. We all know that, right? But at the same time, when you have people in a shelter and then other security guards telling people, listen, we don't want you here, no foreigners, that's deliberate. That's not economic. That's deliberate. Okay, there I'm sure that there are rich foreign people in Turkey too, Americans, British, other ones. I'm sure there are rich ones. Okay, and I just say Americans, Brits because first thing that came to my mind. But I'm sure there's other rich ones there. All right. Um, the discrimination comes not just from oh, do you have money or not? It's not just an economic thing as some people want to lay it out to be. It is most definitely a ethnicity and race thing. Period. It's very simple. And I will go on to say I faced some of that myself in China. Most people didn't know that because I was a black man pretending that I couldn't understand or speak Chinese. Meanwhile, I could understand every single word they were saying. I could understand everything. I taught myself in an old Chinese neighborhood with some of my old Chinese friends that I made there. I, I'm talking about 60 and 70 year olds, you know. And I taught myself over the course of six months and I can understand everything. I can speak everything, understand everything. You know, I didn't have any trouble. So I had the upper hand to be able to see what they did not want me to see. And I can assure you that compared to most people living in China, I was richer than them. But I was still discriminated against despite being richer than them. And it is a class thing. It is a race thing. For those that don't know, in China... Um, they value a lot more whiteness in a lot of places in mainland China. And that's Asia in general, but China especially because China has the money to enforce <laughs> how they feel, right? <laughs> they have the institutions to enforce how they feel, okay? If I go to the backwoods of Vietnam, or if I go to the backwoods of Thailand, or any country, even if they don't like black people, if they see me come and they know I have money, they're going to be like, please come in, right? Because I'm rich. They need that. Now, that's an economic thing, but when the scales are level and everybody's seeking shelter after an earthquake like this, then it's not an economic thing. Nobody cares about your dollars after an earthquake and their head's bleeding or they just lost a bunch of their relatives. They care about getting shelter. That's when divide and conquer happens. So I don't necessarily agree with that. You know, I think, um, is it a gender thing as well? Yes, that's in there, but it's race before gender. It's definitely race before gender, in my humble opinion. They go on to say, studies have shown that women and girls are disproportionately impacted by natural disasters. Yeah, but that's that's not what, you know, sure. I get it. You want to bring light to that as well. But we just had two testimonies from, I believe it was a Syrian refugee, an Iranian refugee, and a group full of men and women saying they both got thrown out equally. So if it was about gender, why didn't the men get let in and the women get thrown out? You know, why didn't they segregate 
the shelters based on gender then it's it just is what it is you know you guys got to think about this logically not just emotionally but logically you know from their perspective trying to put yourself in their shoes that's how we can understand these things in a uh, cohesive coherent and logical and total manner like others turks and foreign foreigners alike Jelani has struggled to receive regular aid with the offices of NGOs closed or destroyed, while the Migration Office has postponed individual asylum appointments. An asylum seeker for multiple years, she fled political persecution in Iran, but cannot seek safety elsewhere as rules prevent her from leaving Mersin. The issue has caused so many refugees big trouble, she said, adding, some asylum seekers have closed their cases and left Turkey due to all the pressures caused by the quake. They blame us. Ooh, this next part of the article. Let's get to it before I close out here. Ooh, that's a title article. That, that's a fire title. I, you, you guys know I can't leave that alone. Refugees fleeing the conflict in Syria in particular were largely welcomed by sympathetic Turks over the past decade. But xenophobia and racism against Turkey's refugee population, the largest in the world, has risen over the years as the country's economy has hit the rocks. Mm. Inflation has run at a break. Oh, real quick. It's crazy how you could blame a group of people who are refugees instead of the politicians that enable the problems for the country to go down the hill. But you want to blame the refugees who are just really seeking safety. It's crazy to me, right? It all goes back to that, man. Somebody to blame. It's like your leaders are the ones to blame. They're the ones that made all those policies. They're the ones that took the money behind closed doors to sell you guys out. Blame them. Any hoosies. Inflation has run at a breakneck rate for many months, pushing millions of Turks to the brink, while the Turkish lira has plunged in value. Yeah, that's a politician thing. Most Turkish people have negative views toward refugees and immigrants, just like the way the security guard treated us, said Jelani, but this is not a systematic issue. Hmm. Refugees are considered the cause of the economic problems and tensions Turkish people are facing. Now with the critical situation, due to the earthquakes and limited facilities, they are showing their frustrations. No, they're just showing their true colors. It's how they felt the whole time. There's a difference between frustration in the moment and you did something to me, I'm going to get you back. This is how they've been feeling the whole time. They just finally have an excuse to do what they wanted to do anyway. People have to stop giving excuses to foolish BS behavior. This is how that guy or this is how whoever gave him the orders to do that felt the whole time. They don't want to blame the politician. They don't want to blame the guy who they know is wrong. They want to blame you because they feel like it's easier. It's about power. If they can blame someone they feel is in a weaker or more vulnerable position, they feel like they have more power over their life, even though it's not necessarily true. It just is what it is. So leave it at that, right? It's, I mean, you know, guys, like stuff like this to me is like, man, you know, it just doesn't, it just doesn't make any sense. You know, you have these politicians and you guys need to listen to them sometimes. I mean, some of these extremist ones too. Turkey's had a few, Hungary's had a few. And I'm not going to sit here and say America hasn't had a few. I mean, we saw what happened with January 6th, right? I believe it was 2021 where they tried to invade our Capitol building. We've had extremists too. But I never see them talking about the politicians. No, they just said, let's just attack the groups who we feel are vulnerable and who we feel are different. And they're the problem. It's always like that. And it's a very weak minded mindset. 
and it shows the lack of education it shows the lack of compassion it shows a lot of things and to me if you are in fact in a beggar's position which they are an earthquake just hit they need all the aid they can get reports like this is not it's not encouraging because at the same time if they're willing to treat their their foreign population like this who probably contributes to their country in some way right if they want to treat their foreign population like this, how do I even know the money I'm sending, the aid I'm sending is getting to the people it needs to get to? How do I know it's getting to the people it needs to get to? Now, on the flip side of that, we shouldn't hold tallies and say, you know, we shouldn't hold tallies and say, well, you know, we gave you. So how much have you given? But let's look at Turkey's history. Has Turkey also been very charitable? That, that's why I'm saying it's a politician thing. You know, a regular person doesn't have the chance to be so charitable and just, you know, help everybody out that's going through a tragedy. But the politicians, they have ways to make that happen. So let's look at Turkey's past. Has Turkey been a very charitable country, historically speaking? I don't know. But my best guess is if they're acting like this right now, maybe not. You know, I'm not seeing any of the Turkey's politicians out in the streets visiting these wreck sites and talking about it i'm not seeing them go over there to these shelters and seeing what the conditions are like that's what i mean there's a lot of corruption it's not the syrians fault it's not the iranians fault it's not the africans fault it's not it's your people's fault and deep down i feel like a lot of these people know that but they still just on bull bro but luckily as with anything, there's hope with the younger generation and they are changing things because I know the people out there that are helping people and doing footwork. That's got to be a gang of younger generation people that have the energy and the will to keep fighting through it because that's just how it goes. That's life. You know, it's like a new computer, man. After a certain age, it starts to get old. It can't be programmed differently, but a newer computer a young computer yeah you might be able to do something with that and i'll leave it at that no ageism no ageism i'm just talking about in general all right anyway thank you guys for tuning in to another episode man i felt like this was extremely important to cover this is big this is big and as always love y'all and i'll catch you in the next episode of the dragon horse podcast and as always stay safe happy and healthy and stay loving man catch y'all on the next one peace